Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni and Drioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright everyone, I teased this episode a little lightly on the last one, uh, trying to get you a little prepared, get a little hype going, because I'm talking about a movie that I, I was going to say I didn't expect to talk about on the podcast, I straight up didn't expect to ever see this movie, so this is a, this is a big step up from that. Uh, this is my discussion on review of Harley Quinn, wait, no, shoot, what's it called? Birds of Prey. And the fantabulous emancipation, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Uh, that's a terrible title, but whatever. Uh, this movie shocked the hell out of me because I mentioned it on the podcast before, but I don't like Harley Quinn. Like I really don't like her as a character in pretty much anything I've ever seen her in, and I also like really. I hated the trailers. Like, I'm not even going to be nice about it. I hated them. I thought they were so annoying and just, I don't know, obnoxious. Just completely not anything that I'd want to see. And especially not something I'd want to go see in the theater. So I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'm not even going to, like, see it and then complain about it later. I'm just not going to go see it because I know I'm not going to like it. And then... uh it came out, and the reviews started pouring in, and it was all really, really positive. And on top of that, uh, a lot of people I, like, really respected and agree, agree with their opinions a lot were saying very good things about it. So I was like, okay, this might be worth checking out. And then it hit my favorite uh, totally legal movie-watching site. So I was like, all right, I'll definitely check this out. And I threw it on while I was folding clothes. And, well, not at first. At first, I was legitimately watching it, and I was, like, really focused in on it. And I was like, okay, I've been sitting here for, like, an hour. I should really get up and do something. So I watched, like, the last half an hour um, while I was folding clothes. But it's not because I was was bored, trust me. I was just trying to be efficient with my time. But I watched it, and I was very pleasantly surprised. I actually really enjoyed this movie. And pretty much from the very beginning, it, it had me. A lot of times I'll start a movie and I'll be like, okay, this is pretty good. And I'll set it down and then I'll never finish it. But in this case, I actually sat there and watched it all in one sitting because I just genuinely liked it. I was really excited right off the bat to see that this movie had its very, it had a very distinct and unique flavor. Like This does not feel like any other DC movie. It doesn't feel like Suicide Squad. Well... It kind of feels like Suicide Squad. Kind of. But it's like Suicide Squad if it was good. Uh, so, you know, that kind of those vibes. But it doesn't really... It doesn't feel like Shazam. It doesn't feel like... Certainly not Batman vs. Superman. Jesus. Uh, not Justice League. Not uh, Man of Steel. None of that. It's not overly dark. Or... Like, f- trying so hard to prove to you that this is a serious film. It's, you know, it's not CGI and color-graded within an inch of its life. It's, like, you know, it's it's actually mostly practical and uh, very colorful and very unique. And it has a, a pretty great score, an opening animated sequence that tells the origin of Harley Quinn. And then, like, it just, you know, it starts getting into it and it's just very unique and very different uh compared to everything else that's kind of rolling off the assembly line 
at Marvel, and it definitely looks different from the overly dark vibes of a lot of DC movies. So I was immediately struck by that, and I I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I just, you know, I fell in with it. I liked it a lot. It make, makes the movie a lot more interesting than if it just looked like another movie. And then I was also struck by the fact that I actually really liked Harley Quinn. She's she's weird, she's quirky, but it's not overdone. It's like, it's just at the right level, where if you went a little further with it, I think I'd be annoyed a lot more, but the way it was, it was, it was handled very well, and I think a lot of what they're setting up with her is, was very interesting, and like, how, I'm gonna go into spoilers now, but, uh, how she had immunity while she was dating the Joker, because no one would touch her if the Joker, uh, was, you know, was her, her boyfriend, because the Joker's insane, and would kill her, or, or, would kill them, and then, uh, and then, like, how she had become so reliant on that, and how that had been her life, and changed her so much, and now it's gone, I think that was really interesting, and a great way to start this movie, and I think that's what this movie should have focused on. If you took the Birds of Prey out of this movie, virtually nothing would change it's they're all interesting characters and like they're interesting enough when you see them but they're all very underutilized and a lot of them really don't have any big moments or much to do for a lot of the movie uh i don't i think that this movie very clearly just wanted to be about harley quinn and i'm not sure why it didn't fully commit to that i don't think that anyone would say that Harley Quinn couldn't carry her own movie. I think this movie is actually evidenced pretty directly to the contrary because it is her movie for most of the the runtime. And uh, I think that that maybe would have been the stronger choice and then a Birds of Prey movie could have been its own separate thing. Especially because they don't really fit with that, with her world. Like, they're not as silly or outlandish or colorful. That's a group of characters that I feel like is more, is more dark and would be suited, suited better to, like, a, uh, a detective kind of noir-ish story. And I don't, I don't know. I, and I also think that the Birds of Prey as they are is a very weird lineup. Like, it's Black Canary... Uh, which is which is normal. It's Huntress, which is also normal, and then it's Renee Montoya, which is really weird because traditionally, just a you know a middle aged detective isn't a part of a team of superheroes, and you know there's no Oracle, there's no um, oh shoot, I can't remember I can't remember who who all is is usually on the team, but but still I you know it's. It's just a little different, and that's totally fine. I I'm actually down for different takes on a lot of these characters. I'm not down with them not really being characters. I think that's where the real problem lies, is that this movie is just a little bit overcrowded. They don't all have much to do, and I think I felt that most with Cassandra Kane and Huntress. Uh, oh oh, here we go. Uh, Black Canary. Renee, oh, Renee Montoya is. What? Never really. Hunter's Cassandra Kane. Okay, maybe I'm just stupid. Uh oh no no Katana. Okay, I thought so. I thought there were a few other people in the in the group, 
but I mean, like most for the most part, I would say yes, they are they are like classic members. I just don't know if it if they're entirely I don't know recognizable as those characters. Anyway, I I getting a little sidetracked. It's that's not really the point of what I'm trying to say here. So I think I'll start with Cassandra Kane because I think I was most let down by her, and I so I did just say I'm down for another a different take on these characters, and I totally am. Uh, I was, I was surprised that she was, like, a pickpocket, um, just kind of, like, like, ruffian, basically, who's just constantly getting picked up by the police, and is just, like, committing petty crime, and that's how she's making her living, which is a very sharp contrast to the comics, where she's a professionally trained assassin with, like, a really dark past, and, uh, she, you know, Batman is, like, takes her under his wing, and, and, trains her further and brings her to the path of good and whatever and I can see the their reasons behind not doing that because that is that's kind of like most uh most Batman like uh sidekicks it's like they were trained expertly but they were doing the wrong thing or whatever like it's a very stock origin story so I could see not wanting to do that but she doesn't do really anything in the movie. She serves as a MacGuffin for most of it. After she swallows the diamond, uh, that's, I mean, that's the only reason that she has a function in the story. And she's kind of just there. Like, she kind of just randomly bumps into different characters. She randomly happens to be at the roller derby. She happens to be, you know, near Cassandra Kane, like, or, I mean, um, Black Canary. And it's like, she she doesn't she's not enough of a character to really make it worth her being in it and i did find it disappointing that she just keeps getting kidnapped and kind of uh she's kind of like just subservient to other characters she doesn't really get to to do much of her own thing or really get that many hits in in the final battle and she she like punches one guy or something which is i don't know it's just kind of weird uh, it's, but it, it's alright. I think I think if if this movie was longer or if it just had more more screen time devoted to her, she could be a little more of a character. Because as it stands we don't know a ton about her. We don't really know like how she learned to pickpocket or or how she ended up in the situation that she's in or what she likes, what she dislikes, that kind of thing. We just know that she's kinda of sassy and has a bad home life. Which, you know, it's not nothing, but it's not a lot, and it's certainly not as much as somebody like Harley gets, who is, like I said, clearly what the movie wants to focus on. And then Huntress, I might have come around, like, I might have flipped. I think I might be more disappointed with her, because she does not need to be in this story at all. They're only putting her in because she's a classic member of the Birds of Prey. If she was not in this movie, it would not matter. They could made that diamond the encrypted with the the fortune of literally any other person. It could have been Bruce Wayne for all it matters to the story. Like it, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And she doesn't interact with most of the main characters until the very end. And like, I don't know, that was just very disappointing and underwhelming. And I think it's also really disappointing that this movie, it, the, its main title is Birds of Prey, which is a team. And in team movies, there's usually a lot of scenes of the team all together, learning to fight together, bonding, whatever, growing stronger as a team. Usually they don't start off to working well together, and then they eventually get there. But in this, 
instead of that, it's, like, some people who kind of know each other, and instead of them all, like, uncontrollably careening towards each other at the climax, it's like, oh, this person that these other characters have never interacted with, she's here now. It's, I don't know, that was just very disappointing. It would be like if Guardians of the Galaxy, the end of that movie, like, Rocket and Groot came in, but they'd never met her before. They just, like, heard about her, or maybe we saw some scenes of, um, of Gamora investigating them, but, like, we never met them. I don't know. I just, it would just hit very differently, and I think that's one of the bigger problems with this movie. And then, Black Canary probably gets the most to do. I like how she's, like, dependent on Black Mask for a job, and you can tell throughout the whole movie she wants to stand up for what's right, but she just can't quite find the nerve to do it. And then at the end, she finally does. And I like how we very subtly foreshadow that she has powers, but we don't see them unleashed until the final battle. I thought that was really cool, too, uh, because I was a little worried that they wouldn't do anything with her powers, and I was going to be really disappointed, because otherwise she's, you know, Black Canary name only. But, but they did end up using them, and I was really happy to see that. And then speaking of the final battle... The fights in this movie in general are fantastic. It's some of the best action in a DC movie. And definitely the scene in the police station is super colorful and energetic and fun. And then uh, I think the final battle is some of my favorite stuff, especially when she's on the car and she's like, you know, she's being dragged with a motorcycle and she like spins the motorcycle and, and Harley goes flying and she you know, jumps onto the car and she kicks the guy through the windshield and everything that's going on with that. I thought that was all really good, and the action was definitely a highlight for this movie. I I much prefer this kind of colorful, team-based action with a little bit of humor here and there, where the the hits feel deliberate and everything's, for the most part, like clear and easy to see and understand, than the overly CGI, mist-covered, lightning-filled, battlefield bullshit that we see in almost every other superhero movie. So that was very refreshing, and I was glad to see them take a different approach. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, even the ending, I felt it was a little underwhelming, because I guess I wouldn't have wanted to see the the film go on that much longer, but at the same time, Black Mask does kind of go out like a chump, like, Cassandra has a grenade, and then, and then they, like, kick him into the river, and, I mean, it's cool, but, I don't know, it's not, it's not anything super impressive, uh, but speaking of Black Mask, actually, I think he gets more characterization than most of the characters in this movie. Uh, he's a really, really interesting villain. And I... He's probably one of, if not the best, recent DC villain. Uh, Dr. Savannah's okay. Doomsday's terrible. Uh, Lex Luthor's terrible. Jared Leto's Joker is god-awful. Enchantress, no. Um, Sod's okay. He's okay. Um, I don't know, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but, oh god, yeah, uh, Steppenwolf? Like, don't, don't make me throw up in my mouth again, that's, yeah. So, you know what, I'm gonna say, I think of the recent DC movies, he's easily the best villain. He's so, like, flamboyant and weird, and I love the scene where he's, like, taking Black Canary around his office and, like, showing her all the art. And it's just like, why is he doing that? It's so weird. And I love how he just like randomly gets really angry. And then he, you know, he snaps and puts on the mask at the end. And it, that did look really cool. And I, I definitely enjoyed him as a villain. He's very entertaining. 
and still threatening, but, but yeah. And then I think the only other things I really have to say about this movie is, uh, I did like, I did like Renee Montoya, though I think that the cheesy 80s lines was kind of an excuse for just bad writing. I think a lot of this movie isn't very well written, like, the lines are just kind of lame. Especially, you know, they're, they're selling Cassandra Kane as, like, a, you know, a witty, snappy, uh, character and then it's like what's her epic comeback gonna be like you smell like shit like ooh, you really got her there uh so yeah i don't know they could have used a couple more drafts i think harley's dialogue is easily the best and i wonder if some of that is improv because some of it's just like so perfect like when she's describing the breakfast sandwich i was like i feel it like i love breakfast sandwiches and it's like the way you describe it is just like perfect you don't know why you like them. They're really not that good, but but it's like it's still your favorite thing in the world. And then I think the only other things I have to say are the it's really funny. I will say that because I feel like I'm not saying enough positive, but I feel like I did like it overall. I think it's just the the sum is greater than its parts because I feel like the pacing wasn't very good either. It jumps around through timelines, which is a good way to tell a story. I love stories where it's not flashbacks so much as just telling the story out of order and deliberately choosing when you get pieces of information. But I did feel like it had a weird thing where it wasn't that long, but it felt kind of long, but it was like, I don't really know where this is going. Like, it doesn't feel like it's building towards a climax. It just feels like it's kind of coasting along. And then... It didn't bother me too much, though. And then... uh and then I also think that um, they could have done more with the bounty being on their heads because this is something, this is one of my favorite premises for a story, which is just a character who has to outrun and outgun a billion people coming after them. I mean, not actually a billion, but, you know, every baddest badass trying to kill them. I think that's an awesome idea, and that's one of the coolest ways to tell a story. It's one of the things I love so much about Saga as a comic. But uh, but long-form storytelling just might be a better way to handle that. And I think if they would have had more colorful and more recognizable and distinct assassins coming after them, like maybe we saw Deadshot or Bane or, uh, I don't know, Vigilante, I don't care. Like, you know, just, a, just different people, more colorful, uh, more interesting villains to fight that had like different skill sets rather than just being anonymous thugs i think that was a kind of a missed opportunity too but i don't know if i want to see this movie be much longer though either it, it is kind of the perfect length i don't know so yeah i feel really bad i feel like i kind of crapped on it which is not the premise of this i actually was going to really recommend that you go see it and that it, it tell you that it is really good uh but I don't know, I was surprised that I liked it as much. It's very funny. The characters, while underutilized, are good. They're very they're good performances. I think a lot of the, the characters are really good in this movie. And um and yeah, the action was fantastic, some of the best. It's super colorful and the camera work is energetic and awesome. Uh I liked the relationships between a lot of the characters. They were underdeveloped, but I did like them and they all have great chemistry with one another. And yeah, the final battle was very interesting and something that I'd much prefer to something like the ending of uh, of Batman vs. Superman or something like that. So yeah, overall, 
definitely better than the sum of its parts, but I'm glad I saw it, and I'll probably watch it again. Maybe not again and again, but again. And I'd recommend it to, to people who are looking for something different in the movies right now. I think that this is a, a good alternative to the cookie-cutter stuff that Marvel's rolling out or, or whatever, so... So yeah, I'd say check it out. It's definitely worth a watch. Also, Bruce the Hyena should have gotten more play. I was disappointed that he didn't kill anybody or, like, fight with Harley. I was really thinking that he would, and it'd be like the hey, Halle Berry and John Wick 3. I was really looking forward to that, but they kind of just forget about him for most of the movie, and then at the very end, it's like, oh, he's back. But, uh, but whatever. I'm excited to see more from this. I do think it'd be better if we separate these two teams, though. I think that would be the better way to go. Okay, my goodness, before I get out of here, I would just like to say uh, a grateful, quick grateful, um, as always, it's a little tradition I have on this show, um, hmm. I'm grateful for, uh, living very close to many different cities, we're planning to go to Cleveland pretty soon. Uh, which I'll definitely talk about because it's been a while since I've talked about a city trip. Uh, we just went to Philly for for a day. You know, we've gone to Pittsburgh, we've gone to Boston, we've gone to Toronto. Actually, that's not that close. Neither is Boston. Uh, but New York, um, Baltimore, all kinds of places. And cities are my favorite places in the world. I love everything about them. They're so vibrant and awesome. And the look of Gotham City in this movie was actually really awesome too. But um, But yeah, dude. I'm glad that we live in close proximity to a lot of really cool places, and I'm glad that we can afford and are able to go to them often, because I love them so much, and and yeah, that's that's something that not everybody can do just because of their location or because of their, you know, just how everything's shaken out, so I'm glad that we can, and I'm glad that I am able to, to go often and have great stories and, and have awesome experiences that I can't have where I live, so yeah, that's awesome, and that's what I'm grateful for. Alright, before I get out of here, uh, rating or reviewing this show would be fantastic and much appreciated. You can do it right on app. Five stars would be super helpful. And thank you if you've done that. And thank you in advance if you are planning to. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm at gvandrioli1 on Instagram. That's where I post pictures of city trips, uh, shoes, uh, all kinds of stuff, song recommendations, whatever. That's, that's where you can find all that. And then if you want to keep up with the show, see when new episodes are being posted, see... Uh, what the topics of discussion will be, that's at Movies and More Pod on Instagram. And then, if Instagram doesn't float your boat, I totally get it. You can email the show at moviesandmorepod uh, at gmail.com. So, yeah, thank you for listening as always. Uh, have a fantastic day, and don't forget to get hot sauce with the number 32. Bye.